Canine Nation eBooks are now available. The first two volumes, Dogs As They Are and Teaching Dogs Effective Learning, are available in bookstores now. More on how you can get them at the end of this podcast. Welcome to Canine Nation Audio Edition. It's Tuesday, December 11th, 2012. Canine Nation is a regular feature column that runs on the Life as a Human online magazine. Life as a Human features articles about what it means to be human, the good, the bad, and the enlightening. This column explores what it means to be human in our relationship with dogs. You can find it at lifeasahuman.com. To get directly to Canine Nation, go to caninenation.lifeasahuman.com. A complete archive of all the Canine Nation articles can be found there. Hi, I'm Eric Brad. Canine Nation is about learning, understanding, and living successfully with our dogs. Modern animal training techniques based on behavioral science can produce amazing results in working with our dogs. Whether your dog is a loved family member or a working dog, a canine athlete, or a trusted companion, Positive training techniques based on science can help you enjoy a more productive and fun relationship with your dog. Join us as we explore the many facets of living with our dogs and taking a fresh look at how we work with them. Whether it's taking a closer look at everyday issues we share with our dogs or busting long-standing myths about training and dog behavior, I hope you find something useful in each of the Canine Nation articles. We're glad you're with us. Now here's this week's installment. Teaching a dog is a question of balance. Way back in high school science class, I learned an important lesson about balance. If you placed an iron weight on one side of the scale and a feather on the other, the scale did not balance. It wasn't that you placed equal numbers of things on either side of the scale that mattered, but the mass of the things you placed there. One heavy thing could weigh as much as several lighter things. Finding balance was about finding the right proportions of the items involved. Today, many dog trainers talk about balance. As I have written in a previous article, the term balance seems to mean different things to different people depending on who is using the term. Even the science of behavior can provide a deceptively simple and distorted view of how to modify behavior. Looking at a chart of operant conditioning, you could get the impression that you should deliver corrections as often as you deliver cookies. But like that science lab experiment from my high school days, I'm not sure that this one-to-one -one ratio, or even close to it, is the optimal balance when training our dogs. Balancing positive and negative experiences for their dog is something that dog owners have a lot of control over. Rewards come in many shapes and sizes, from yummy food treats to a kind word or a game of ball. The same is true of punishments. From the simple ah-ah to interrupt a behavior to that fear-inducing wrath of God correction, we have many ways to communicate that something is not okay for our dog to do. The value of a particular reward or punishment may not be as great as another. Do you know which kind of rewards and punishments are that iron weight and which are the feathers? 
and the value of one correction does not necessarily equal the value of one reward. It would be difficult to provide them in equal measure if their values differed. The operant conditioning model put forward by B.F. Skinner and others provides four basic types of consequence that can happen as a result of behavior. You can add or give something rewarding. You can remove something rewarding. You can add or give something punishing. Or you can remove something punishing. Providing something good or removing something bad improves the targeted behavior. Providing something bad or removing something good diminishes the targeted behavior. But do you need equal amounts of rewards and punishments in order to be balanced? Our experience of life and living would suggest that that is not true, not by a long shot. If each moment brought an equal chance of something bad or something good happening, I think most of us would be reluctant to leave the house in the morning. Those odds really aren't that good. The truth of it is, most of life is pretty good. I don't know about you, but things in my life go along pretty well most of the time. 70 to 80% is a good estimate. Do bad things happen? Sure, and not always really big, bad, awful things. Sometimes I just hit more traffic than I expected, or I run out of popcorn on the wrong night. Bad things are aversive. They are things we will seek to avoid, but they will happen over the course of our lives. These aversive events in our lives, particularly when we are growing up, are important to shaping how we will learn to cope with difficulties throughout our lives. They are necessary. Studies in other species, such as rats and monkeys, have shown that confronting the animal with an aversive situation and providing them a behavioral way to turn off the aversive can actually change the wiring of their brain, the part of the brain that handles stress. Animals that have success in finding ways to escape or avoid aversives develop nervous systems that are better able to cope even when confronted with unpleasant situations in the future, even if they can't find a way to escape or avoid it. So if some unpleasant situations can be beneficial, more punishment is even better for you, right? Wrong. Other experiments on animals exposed to chronic, unpleasant situations has shown symptoms of depression and even something that looks like post-traumatic stress disorder. Apparently, this balance thing is trickier than just providing one punishment for every reward. It seems that there should be enough adversity in our dog's lives to teach coping skills, but not so much that it kills the dog's spirit or motivation. All dogs will need to deal with no in their lives. No, you may not jump up on guests for attention. No, you may not eliminate in the house. No, you may not whine at me for some of what I'm eating. I have heard many trainers talk about the need to show a dog that they just can't do those things and that they must be corrected when they show unwanted behaviors. In fact, some trainers even make a practice of setting the dog up in a situation where they do the unwanted behavior just so they can correct them to teach them what is not acceptable. Some call it teaching impulse control or self-control, but it amounts to setting the dog up to fail on the premise of teaching it what not to do. But there's a flip side to no you may not. If you may not jump up on the guest for attention, what is the correct way to get attention from guests? 
If you may not eliminate in the house, how is it that you can ask to be let outside? This is where corrections fail to accomplish what their name implies. If I correct my dog for jumping up on a guest by knocking her off and yelling at her, in what way does this show her what is acceptable in that situation? It doesn't. Should my dog be interrupted for this unwanted and annoying behavior? Absolutely. But I also have an obligation to teach her what to do instead of jumping up for attention so I don't have to repeat that interruption. Let's get back to that question of balance. Whether we are talking about dogs or ourselves, I think we would have to agree that a balanced life would be mostly a pleasant experience. Yes, there will be disappointments and things we just can't do, but on the whole, the majority of our time will be pleasant and enjoyable. As a positive trainer, I use a mark and reward system to teach my dogs the behaviors I want. They offer me a behavior, and I will give them a marker signal and then reward them in some way to encourage them to repeat the behavior in that situation again. It works great for teaching my dogs what I want from them. But what about the things I don't want? In nature, we could say that animals learn what not to do by a test and punish method. You eat the wrong berries, and you get sick. You try to take food from the bigger lion, and you get a beating for your trouble. You test to see if it's possible, and if it goes badly, lesson learned. It shouldn't come as any surprise that the earliest forms of dog training took on this test-and-punish model. In order to be more efficient, trainers learned to set the dog up to perform the unwanted behavior so we could punish them for it. No one wanted to make their dog sick or beat them badly enough to injure them, so milder forms of punishment were used. Unfortunately, that meant more repetitions of the test would be necessary to get the message across. So how do you spend your time with your dog? Are you marking and rewarding for good behavior, or are you testing them and punishing any time they step out of line? Maybe you do both. What kind of balance have you established between the two approaches? A recent reader of my column commented that he only uses punishments or corrections 10% of the time and that 90% of his training involves positive reinforcement for desired behaviors. Should this individual be considered a balanced trainer? I think so, yes. But the real test is what his dogs think about it. If they are happy and well-adjusted, then that's great. To me, there is something insidious behind all of this talk of balance in dog training. It is the implication that if you use positive reinforcement, rewarding the dog for good behavior, then somehow you will not discourage or interrupt unwanted behaviors. And that's just ridiculous. A positive trainer is not going to wait until the puppy finishes chewing on her hand. She will interrupt the puppy. It's as ridiculous as suggesting that a traditional trainer would electrocute their dog for not sitting fast enough. Trainers have proven time and again that using rewards such as food and training does not make a dog's performance dependent on paying the dog every time they perform the behavior. The same can be said of clickers or other markers. Behavior doesn't break down without a marker once the behavior is trained. Trainers who prefer different methods can't legitimately claim that they are more balanced in their approach compared to positive trainers, not without first defining what they believe that preferred balance to be 
and showing some hard data that their approach provides demonstrable benefits for the dog. We are all trying to help our dogs live a balanced life, balanced in the sense that they understand their world, balanced in the sense that they learn to cope with things that are strange and different without fear, balanced in the sense that they learn to cope with the frustration of not getting things when they want them or how they want them, and balanced in the sense that they have the confidence to work with us without fear of constant testing or punishment. Until next time, have fun with your dogs. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Canine Nation. You can find the text version of it at caninenation.lifeisahuman.com. Teaching Dogs Effective Learning is the second Canine Nation ebook to be released. It is a collection of essays from the Life as a Human online magazine on how we train and teach our dogs and what we can learn in the process. The book includes introductory notes for each essay, as well as two essays written specifically for this book. Also available is the first Canine Nation ebook, Dogs as They Are, a look at what our dogs are, where they have come from, and how they adapt to our lives. Both books are available in the Canine Nation store in Kindle format, EPUB format for iPads, Kobo, Nook, and other e-readers, or a special PDF edition formatted for instructors that includes licensing for reprints for students. Just go to caninenation.ca and click on the store link at the top of the page. You can also find Canine Nation eBooks in the Amazon store, on Apple iTunes, at booktango.com, and other online booksellers. You can join our discussion about dogs and dog training on Facebook. Just search for Canine Nation to get to our group. You can ask for membership, and we'll add you to our growing family. If you can spread the word about the podcast or link to our caninenation.lifeisahuman.com page, we would certainly appreciate it. That's it for now. Thanks for listening.